Hello, hello, and welcome to Witch Hassle. I am, as always, your host, Mark Petridish, and I'm so pleased today. It's a real humdinger I got for you. I'm talking to Charles Porterfield, and the man is not just a wealth of interesting information, he's very generous with his time. So, folks who are part of the Patreon at the $5 tier or higher are going to be getting a huge episode clocking in at 3 hours, 54 minutes. But those of you who are here in the free feed, you're getting so much. Oh my goodness. It's going to be grand. So I'm just going to, I'm going to get on to it. Here's a brief little introduction. Professor Charles Porterfield is a Texas hoodoo man whose work includes biblical and psalmic magic, as well as prescriptions, root work, consultations, intuitive, pendulum, domino, playing card spells and readings, Bible divinations, custom-made mojo bags, candle work, spiritual cleansing, playing tricks, breaking jinxes and curses, interpreting signs, omens, and dreams, magical coaching, giving out lucky numbers, and good old-fashioned plain-sense advice. He is the author of a number of books about hoodoo, including one of my personal favorites, a deck of spells, which has really become a vada may come for me, and as part of why I was so excited to get him on the program. So, without further ado, here is the wonderful Charles Porterfield. So, you might remember this, you might not, but this is not our first encounter. We have some mutual friends, and we did sort of a drinks thing over Zoom a long time ago. And something I remember from that conversation that sort of stuck with me is you were uh, very proud of and 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 celebratory of the long history of Talmudic debate in sort of Jewish theology. The idea that you know you you'll have a text and then margins filled with centuries of people sort of going back and forth. Yes. About, you know, the correct interpretation, how it should be applied in terms of, I think the, the example you were using is that when heart transplants from pigs started becoming available, other sort of religious communities had to kind of go into their corners and sort of like, is this okay? Is this not okay? Whereas like with um, this, these these millennia of debate, you could sort of be like, no, 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 we've sort of talked about a version of this 500 years ago where it's settled. We've got it. Right. Um, and I've started thinking about that in terms of hoodoo. Because I feel like the way most people kind of get hoodoo is they get um, maybe interviews with individual practitioners from, say, like Hyatt's work, or they get, you know, like a a working that's sort of taken out of like, it's just sort of, here's a working for this mm-hmm. without much explanation as to like, what is the theory behind it? What is the mechanism that's supposed to be at play? Do you feel like um, hoodoo has space for that kind of debate, that kind of long running conversation? I think it not only has space for that, I think it does that, but I don't think it, obviously it doesn't do it in that, that kind of formalized method. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have a, a Vilna of, of hoodoo, but I think one of the most important things is first to come back and remember that there is a vast regionalism to hoodoo. And we have a tendency, people uh, often have a tendency to 
say, okay, I'm from here. I'm from, say, the Carolinas. And this is how Hoodoo operates here. And Hoodoo has a, a ground. It has a base. It has a, no pun intended, a root. Yeah. And that root is always going to be seen wherever you go. But then on top of that, it has a difference. It has a regional difference based on a number of different factors, uh, not the least of which would be uh, bioregionalism. Mm. So in other words, these are the plants, these are the animals, these are the materia magica, even down to these are the particular spirits that one will encounter or have access to here. And then also there's going to be issues about uh, where particular ancestors out of Africa came from this particular part of North Africa, from this particular part of Northeastern Africa. And then there's going to be issues about expansion, who we've, who we've in, then encountered uh, here in America and that has added in. And so there's this regionalism. And the problem becomes where the debate arises is then there's someone from, you know, a little further in some other direction and they say, oh, no, 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 no. That's not what hoodoo looks like. I, oh, we never use that herb here. We never use that plant here. Or you're just making that up. Or that's not what real hoodoo is because hoodoo is very owned. It's very personal. And so there's very much an attitude of if my family didn't do it this way, then, or if my community didn't do it this way, then or if I haven't heard about that, okay, then that must not be it. And so we do have rigorous debate. In fact, one of the essential debates is about the word hoodoo. There are lots of people who practice hoodoo who say, well, we never called it that. That's no, it's called something else. Mm. It's called, it's called tricking. It's called fixing. It's called quote that stuff. It's called a, a variety. It's called root work. It's called roots. It's called routine. And, and so like, I remember in the nineties in the 1990s, there was, there was pretty hot debate about it's not hoodoo. Okay, it's not. That's ah, a word I've never heard. And then other people are like, no, that's absolutely a word I've heard. Uh, and so, and that is absolutely what we're calling it here. And then a, a, a debate about the finiteness of, well, tricking is more negative, or oh, well, this is this, or this is that. And so there's not, you know, there's there's a lot of debate, a lot of active debate, but it's not codified debate. Mm. It's not, oh, I can go to this particular book of the Talmud and I can look at this particular daf and uh, I can look at the page and I can say, oh, here's what Rashi said. Oh, here's what so-and-so said. Because one of the, oh, how do I express this properly? One of the great pains of hoodoo is the loss of hoodoo. You know, we have that, the famous saying that, you know, when an old man dies, a library burns. All right. Yeah. But, that's a concept of, uh, oh, you know, the linear progression of time. Hey, people are going to fucking die. Listen to your elders because we're, you know, take notes because they're not always going to be here. Oh, no, we've got something far worse in the history of hoodoo, which is all it takes is the snap of a rope and a library dies. In other words, it's not a natural death. It's not a, oh, elders get old. It's, it's no, they're, they're, they're the, the amount of lynching that happened in this country is is uh, there's no way to even take it in yeah you know i mean it was so common and so it doesn't take much and it doesn't take much to want to kill someone who practices hoodoo 
for a variety of reasons, right? Oh, they're doing magic. Oh, why did the, why did my, my, why did my wife go to them for some divination or something or what's been going on? Let's go lynch that son of a bitch. And boom, it goes away because it is an oral tradition. Yeah. Very much. It's an oral tradition. So we have vast gaps because of that. They get filled back in or lost. We don't have a Talmud. We don't have a, a rectification of the law as it were. So, so like these debates then, like, are they, if they're happening, I assume they're happening then in person, right? These are debates that you, you have, like you run into like another hoodoo worker and that's where these are happening. Like, they're not like, there's like a space you could go to, to try to like preserve these. They happen in person. They happen. Uh, you know, I will say that a lot of the more meaningless hot takes uh, have come along with the advent of the internet. Uh I don't think really before the internet, at least I wasn't aware of, a, you know, there really hasn't been a kind of large, broad community. Hoodoo is very much a, a, how do I want to put this? It's sort of a contradiction. Hoodoo is community-based, but that community is small. In other words, Hoodoo is, is community-based, but it's based around the town. It's based around this, this particular town, this particular county, if, you get, if you're a particularly good and well-known worker. Uh, this particular state, if you're really up there, you know, like Aunt Carolyn Dye or somebody who had lines of cars every day parked in her house, uh, so much so that her family was able to uh, make further money because her daughter-in-law said, oh, all these people are sitting in these cars all day. If I get up early in the morning and fix box lunches, I can sell them. You know, that's how many people were outside Aunt Carolyn Dye's house. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, she was recorded in song and story. Literally, there we have pressed albums, recorded albums of, you know, the Aunt Carolyn Dime Blues and, you know, all these things talking about how wonderful she is. But there wasn't a, you know, 14th annual hoodoo convention where all the, although there are rumors and legends that, and I do think they are primarily rumors and legends, that in, you know, uh, the past certain practitioners would gather in uh, primarily New Orleans and have secret meetings. I think that's probably not true in the way that it's repeated as a oral legend. Uh, so we didn't have that level of com the broad community debate. Once the internet started, oh yeah, everybody's there, you know, uh, as my father would say with the, their wrong headed opinion mm -hmm. um, to have the hot take debate. Uh, and that continues to this day. Um, and the problem is that a lot of people who talk about hoodoo don't do hoodoo. They're not really involved in hoodoo or they're involved in hoodoo singularly. They're doing hoodoo for themselves and that's fine. Everybody does hoodoo, the in hoodoo does hoodoo for themselves, but they're speaking from a place where they're not involved in a, a community action. They're not involved in doing for others and and then they have these really wild opinions and you know and you hear stuff that you go where the hell did you get that and then you realize oh you didn't get that from anywhere you just kind of came up with that on your own and that's okay as well because hoodoo is expansive hoodoo grows the minute the very minute that people start having uh metal uh and other substance metal uh mailboxes in front of their houses right uh, here comes the mail and the mail puts it in the mailbox as opposed to the mailman delivers it into your hand or you have to go into town to a, a little box, okay, to get your mail. The minute there are metal boxes in front of people's houses, you start seeing, okay, how do we trick that? 
how do I, how do what do I, how do I affect that mailbox for good or for ill? Mm. Okay. The minute, uh, so let me give you an example of that. Sure. When we look at the oldest kind of uh, discussion about I- I- some certain kinds of image work, you say, you hear, okay, you will draw a picture. All right. There's, I want to do something to the mayor, uh, good or ill, or the police chief, etc. I'll draw a picture of him. I'll go and look at him and I'll take a pencil or what have you, a piece of charcoal. I'll draw a picture of him. Now I have his picture. I'll do that. Okay. Then all of a sudden it becomes, oh, I can clip his picture, which is still not a photo. It's still an illustration out of the newspaper because early newspapers have had illustrations rather than photos. Then that immediately becomes, oh, there are durotype. Oh, okay. Here are durotype metal pictures. And we see specificity in that because it's metal, because it can rust. Okay, you're going to scratch this onto the back. Oh, you're going to put it in this substance to cause it to rust faster. Oh, you're going to do these things that relate to the fact that this picture is on metal. And then, then immediately, oh, they're pictures. They're paper pictures, paper photos. Here's what you're going to do with them. And now we're even seeing, okay, get a picture on your phone and do this. Right, right. It's still all about the same thing, getting the image. Okay. But it's always willing to move forward. So some of this idea of where'd you get that? You just came up with that in your own head is completely okay. Yeah. I mean, the way I liken this is this is my favorite kind of metaphor or analogy. I'm not sure which it is. Um about hoodoo is that hoodoo is not unlike and, and has a lot of reasons to be akin. To jazz. Mm. First of all, when you look at the person who's outside, the non-jazz person, right? They don't like jazz or they don't know about jazz. They have a tendency to say things like, oh, jazz is just made up. Ah, these guys, these guys just get up there with the, they just toot, 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 and the boom, boom, boom. My kid could do that. Why is my why am I paying my four-year-old? Oh, my yeah. kid could do that. Anybody could do that. They're just making a bunch of noise up there. My kid okay. could have painted this abstract. My kid could have painted this. Yeah, you got a monkey, you know, whatever. Anybody could have done that. Okay. And what they don't realize is that jazz is actually pretty codified. Jazz has rules. Jazz is on the four. Okay. It's a square. It has a certain way it happens. The artistry of jazz is that all of these people doing, let's say, an improvisational piece are such good musicians that they know how to come in on the four, come in with each other to make this thing. And everybody else out here goes, oh, you're just making up as you go along. Oh, there's no rules. And therefore, because there are no rules, I bet I could be a really good jazz musician. (laughs) It's like, no, you're a terrible jazz musician because you don't understand the rules of jazz, except that all that being said, Within jazz, there is vast room for improvisation, for development, to change the structure of jazz, to come in and do or take old things and make them new and fresh, or Wynton Marseilles and et cetera, and to, to kind of bring new energy or change it, that it's still within the rules. Okay, well, that's like hoodoo. There are a lot of people on the outside of hoodoo who look at hoodoo and go, oh, you're just making it up. You can just grab anything, you know, whatever uh it's so super easy i bet i'd be a really good hoodooist the original right? it's like, chaos oh no you'd be magic. terrible right they think of it as like chaos magic exactly 
So, okay. So like with this idea that there are rules, but you sure. it's still in, like super adaptable to like the bio-specific, like the region, the culture, sure. all that stuff. What are like, what are the guiding principles that make it still hoodoo within that? Like what is, what is the coming in on the floor of hoodoo? So let's talk about the, let's talk about the absolute base. All right. The, the thing that should never be gotten away from yeah. Africa. Okay. Hoodoo comes, what well, doesn't come in the sense that it was already prepared, but it comes from African peoples. Okay. Period. It, 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 as much as something can belong to anyone, it belongs to them. All right. When you divest hoodoo from the black community, I don't know what you're doing anymore. You might be doing some kind of sorcery. You're obviously doing some kind of conjuration, one would hope, because hoodoo is primarily a, 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 a discipline of conjuration. You may be using materia magica, but you're not really doing hoodoo because you've removed it from its core element, its core community, its core people. Does that therefore mean if you're not black, you can't do hoodoo? No, that's not what I said. But I will say this. If you're not black and you're doing hoodoo and you don't give a shit about black people, black culture, what's going on with black individuals, what's going on in the current world, politically, economically, in terms of social justice, etc., or you're only interested in black ancestors, but don't give a damn about the descendants of those black ancestors, get the hell out of hoodoo. Seriously, go do something else. There's such a, there's a big, wide, rich world full of fucking magic. You can do, you know, so much with your time, but do you need to do this? And the answer for a lot of people who aren't black is yes. Yes, I absolutely need to do this because it's mine and I have a right to it because life is a fucking buffet. And it's like, no, life is not a goddamn buffet. And if it was, you would have had to buy a ticket someplace and pay for it to show that you had a right to a plate to go down the buffet. So like that is what people owe to hoodoo who are coming at it who are not black like they owe this kind of recompense or like not even like care not even recompense because it's not it's not it's not a like it's it, not, it's it, not a transaction it's a it's a you know okay for me personally I can tell you another one for me I love Kabbalah but I don't have want to have anything to do with Jews get the Kishimir Yiddish Tukis get the fuck out my face with that. Okay. Well, when we found Kabbalah, the Jews weren't even using it anymore. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah, correct. 100%. No, that's bullshit. In other words, I'm not saying there are these things. Listen, this is never you're never going to hear some sort of blood on bund kind of argument out of me. I I run backwards from that shit, including and make a lot of enemies by saying this, the works of, you know, uh Carl that Nazi Jung. Uh, who I feel like, wow, brother, you know, you're so popular, but scratch the surface here and it gets really fucking dark quick. Uh, I'm not saying you can't, you mustn't, you shouldn't. I'm saying things come from some goddamn place. If you're going to come into my house, come into my house with decency, manners, good manners, uh, a, a sense, be, be a good guest, I, I guess is just the simplest way it can be put. And a lot of people don't like to hear that. They don't want to be a guest. They don't want to feel like they want to feel like, no, this is my house. And it's like, it's not, it's not your house. And there's nothing wrong with being a good guest. And if you're a good guest and, you know, 
you bring a bottle of wine and some flowers for your hostess. You stay after and help wash the dishes. You know, you use good manners. You have pleasant conversation. You're concerned with what's going on with your hosts. You know, you help mom out by taking the kids off and reading them a story while she's getting the food ready or whatever. You're going to be asked back. Okay. In other words, people like this idea that knowledge, because that's what we can refine it down to. It's just an open, it's just an open book. Anybody can take it. Anybody can do with it. And and you're right. You're not wrong. In America, you could do whatever you want. Okay. You could take whatever you want. It's America. That's fine. But that you're not good, but you're still not going to be hooked in. Okay. Yeah. You're still not going to be, yeah, go off, go do your, go do your shit. I'm not saying, Hey, listen, you can't go and do hoodoo in your home for yourself. How dare you? do this trick or do this work and not, you know, I don't know, you know, hang out with Stogie Carmichael. I'm not fucking saying any of that. Okay. But what I am saying is when you stand up in public, I'm a hoodoo. I know what I'm talking about. Listen to me. And you're also like, Hey, I don't want to have anything to do with any fucking black people. Fuck you. You know, this is a difference between I'm doing something for myself in the privacy of my own home. And I'm presenting myself as a public source. And that's an unfortunate thing. Mm. So that's the first. That's being that's the first of being on the four, being on the square. Okay. Okay. Then the next would be now we get into kind of functionality. Okay. Hoodoo is going to have tying and binding. It's going to have uh, hot and sweet. It's going to have a sharp. Uh, and soft it's going to have all of these elements that are part of its african roots then blended to that are going to be things that come from here there's going to be certain components of this that are folk magic practices that have been added to hoodoo from other folks which is again part of the sustainability and the beauty of hoodoo that that works that hoodoo is able to look at other people's folk magics and take an essentialist kind of like well, this is the thing that works out of it like one of the truest statements about a philosophy of hoodoo is if it works then it is true mm. and if it's good enough for you then it's good enough for me all right so because we cannot get away from where this comes from this comes from a from a kidnapped okay because i hate that well slaves i what do you mean fucking slaves you mean enslaved okay these people aren't what, what? Oh, they're just naturally slaves, and we just oh boy, that's a continuation of a real long lie, isn't it? Yeah. No, you went someplace else, and at the end of a sword and the point of a gun and the crack of a whip, you kidnapped people, tormented them, tortured them, transported them, okay, and brought them the hell over here. And one of the things in hoodoo, one of its its core essences, is that hoodoo is about what do I do with that? How do I survive? How do I grease the wheel? How do I get an edge? How do I make this work? It, it, it's done by oppressed people. Listen, I've had people come to me and say, oh, I'm interested in learning hoodoo. And I go, oh, cool. Well, I can't help but notice that you're wearing a very expensive Italian su- uh, suit. Um, what sort of life do you have? Well, I'm a Hollywood producer. And, uh, would you like me to have my girl bring you in a latte? And I'm like, okay, do you have an accountant? I have two accountants. Do you have a lawyer? I have three lawyers. I'm like, huh. You got like two accountants, three lawyers. There's a chick. You press a button and she just brings you a freaking latte. Um, why do you need hoodoo again? Exactly what is the oppressed situation in your life that, you know, you're having to overcome the powers that be, as it were, whether they're in society or nature or what, what you know. 
Right, when you are the powers that be, essentially. You're the power that be. <laughs> so, like, that actually gets it. Like, I want to get back into the principles, but I feel like there's something that, like, seems really important here. It's like, who is Hoodoo for? Hoodoo is for the people who need to get one over on the power. Like, the oppressed, the marginalized, the, the, the working class. Like, that's who this is for. Because there's no other option. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's like a it's a it's a survival tactic. It's a mode of desperation. I was I was many many years ago. I was teaching uh, at a, a rather large gathering in in Colorado, and I was talking about playing card magic because everybody's oh he's a playing card guy, and I'm like yeah Walt Whitman I contain multitudes, but sure I'll be the playing card guy for you today. It's a good book. It's a good book. Thank you. Thank you. And I was uh, I was talking. There was some stuff in there where we were talking about curse work. And when we came to the Q&A section, this, I'm sure she's a wonderful person. You know, if she hears this someday and goes, that son of a bitch is talking about me. Uh, you know, I'm sure she's a wonderful lady, but she was the quintessential kind of, you know, white soccer mom kind of lady. And in the Q&A, she said, why is there so much cursing? I just don't like it. It's so negative. We don't have to be negative. You know, we don't have to, all this darkness you know, love and light sort of thing. And I went to answer her and, and to answer her, I actually stepped off the stage and walked over to her table. All my personal friends who were there teaching with me went, Oh shit, get bail money. Oh fuck. No. And I walked up, (laughs) I walked up to her and I said, and I crouched down and I said, you have to understand some of the reason we have things like curse work, et cetera. It's because not everybody has the complexion for the protection. Okay. There are people that can call the police and not get shot by them. There are people that can be judged within relative fairness by a, quote, jury of their peers, because when they look at that jury, they are actually seeing people that look like them that are their peers. There are people that can call a doctor and get appropriate help at a hospital and not be told that they naturally have a higher pain tolerance and therefore I'm not going to give you, I'm going to let you lay in the hallway in pain. So in other words, sometimes there's a curse work because there's no other option. I can't get any other kind of justice. I have to make that justice because justice is a thing that's made, right? Justice isn't a thing. You can't go get justice. You have to make justice. There's the, there's the Jew in me talking, Okay, you have this activity to you have this dedication. This this you're compelled even make justice. Okay, but I can't call the cops, and I can't get a lawyer, and the courts aren't gonna. And then certain people in our society nowadays want to go. Oh, but it's 2022. There's no racism anymore. I'm like, really? Oh, okay, cool. Wow. Uh, uh where do you live? Because me and everybody I know would love to come live there because apparently there's no racism and no sexism and no classism and no fucking anti-Semitism and no no homophobia and no Islamophobia. My God, we're going to increase the population of your town overnight Uh, because there is that. It is there. Right. So which is not to say that everybody that's ever done a curse in hoodoo has done it from a position of this level of quote unquote purity or, you know, Oh, I'm just trying to get justice. Oh no, of course people are vindictive. And of course, absolutely. We're humans. But when we're looking at the core, that's it. Right. How I have to address that someone stole from me this way because I cannot call the police. They won't give a shit. Yeah. It's self-empowered. It's yeah. Who've been disempowered actively by, and continue to be. So, 
returning back to the principles, like you were mentioning, okay, so hot, sweet, sharp, soft. For folks who are unfamiliar, what do these terms mean? How would they like come into play in something? So when we talk about hot and sweet, the basic, the simplest way of thinking about that would be pepper and sugar or peppers and sugar. So there is an idea that in the Materia Magica, we're, we're looking at a kind of, I really don't like breaking this down into academic-like terms, right? Like one of the, so here's the problem. To have yeah. functional conversations, sometimes we have to use a kind of academic language so that a broader audience can understand it. And at the same time, we're almost vampirically sucking the blood right out of the fucking essence. But here we go. So the idea of a kind of sympathetic magic uh, of spirit calling to spirit is if I wanted to sweeten you, I said, oh, okay, hey, uh, you know, I'm going to be on this interview today with Cooper and I want this to go real smooth. I want him to really just like me. And, you know, he's just going to be like, hey, what a great thing instead of oh, this goddamn old fucking alta caca is going to come in and ramble i'm going to use sugar i might prepare a jar or a box in which i have your name and your picture and then i'm going to surround it with sugar i might literally just sprinkle sugar over a candle that i might have carved your name into or i might just have a candle burning uh with sugar sprinkled on it so that there's a feel you know a kind of sweetness as we're doing that but mixed to the sweet is the hot okay so if i'm wanting to curse someone or if i'm wanting to activate somebody or i'm wanting to cause some kind of heat then i'm going to use hot materials peppers primarily peppers ground guinea pepper even even just kitchen black pepper all right the one that's my one of my favorites is the one that meets in the middle which is cinnamon which is we call the hot sweet mm -hmm. So with cinnamon, I get the sweetness, but I get the activity. I get the heat. Mm. So I might use cinnamon for sex magic. Don't put it on you, kids. Don't, kids. Do not put <laughs> cinnamon on your genitals. Okay. How much by the way, magical yeah, warning is, because I used to like volunteer like a witchcraft shop, and I remember being told by my manager, like, so these selenite rods, if people buy them, you need to tell them that they are water soluble and they are toxic and there are places they just should not go. Yeah. yeah. This is community yeah. service. Yeah. Please do not stick that in your hooch. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Uh, I really, I feel like this is it right here. Like we can stop like you and I can go get a drink now. Okay. Because everybody that's listening, you just got like, first of all, Cooper has this wonderful situation where you get to, a have the, the the hey you can just listen to this but if you wisely and you should give cooper some money for his patreon you can listen to the the part that's cut out that where i give the secrets of life and death um and i feel like in terms of the free part this just paid for itself guys i just told you not to put cinnamon on your genitals okay <laughs> like that's it your day's done Th i mean that's a gift of the magi yeah as a service to the community, we have a public Absolutely. health announcement about, you know. Um, but I okay. can use that cinnamon to invigorate sexual magic, to to invigorate sweet work, because it has the hot, but it also has the sweet, right? So it's the, mo it's the most active of the sweets. It's the sweetest of the hots. Tying and binding, okay? We see this absolutely as a component of tradition African, a traditional African sorcery. 
Let me digress. Oh, a Jew digress? Never. Um, so as we all know, we have you know a lot of uh, terminology, and a lot of people like the terminology, and a lot of people don't, and a lot of people make very good points about how it's kind of not necessarily an accurate term, but we have ATR, African traditional religions. Hoodoo is not an African traditional religion. Hoodoo is an ATS. It is African traditional sorcery because it does not come out of a religious basis. It is not Ifa. It is not any of that. Okay. It existed alongside it. Mm. So you had priests and priestesses without question, African religions um, in West Africa, etc., often centered around the Orishas, etc. But then you also had African sorcerers and African sorcerous societies. Um, and so hoodoo is a the child of them, whereas oh Santaria, Palo, Cambie, Kimbanda, uh, the list goes on and on, are descendants of the religious line. And so it is so tying and binding is act, uh, a very a active part, of, a core component of uh, what I would call uh, ATS, an a African traditional sorcery. And this is where you may tie up an effigy. All right. Or even a picture we're tying, we're binding, we're controlling through the act of tying. In other words, I might have a root and I might tie it. I might tie something to something else. But again, we're seeing that. Uh, these are and then, of course, these are the, the core components. All right. These actions, how that translates out of, say, European horns, African rhythms. Okay. And certain American folk music structures to become jazz, that's the magic. Mm. That's that's the that's the weird, you know, I've been doing this for decades and I'm still trying to figure out exactly how that thing happens. I'm not sure I can. I'm not mm. sure anyone can. Hopefully someone can. And if they can, uh, we'll put my address at the bottom of this. Please give me a, a, a nice letter about it. But that's that's the the for <laughs> not to sound funny, that's the magic of it is how these things come into synthesis with each other and create a gestalt, something greater than the, the whole of its parts. And mm -hmm. to me, that it, to me, hoodoo is, one of the beauties of hoodoo is that it is quintessentially American. Mm -hmm. We tell ourselves a lie. In America, there's this big lie. Oh, my God. The great American melting pot. Ah, come on, man. At best, at best, America is a tossed salad, which means... If you and your people at your table particularly have a some sort of uh, uh, tied up, ignorant, asshole attitude about tomatoes, you can pick all the tomatoes out of the uh, salad and force them to live in uh, red-lined, uh, ghettoized uh, conditions uh, because fuck those tomatoes uh, and have the rest of your salad. Uh, that's how America works. It's a tossed salad. But there are a few moments in America where there really is a melting pot. And one of those is hoodoo. We could name some others. Uh, uh, you know, a chow mein. Uh, is, you're not going to get that in China. Uh, uh, comic books. Jazz. Uh, these are all these moments. Gumbo. Where all the different factors come together. And we do get something that is essentially all these things. Hoodoo is American. Hoodoo couldn't exist anywhere but America. Uh, hoodoo's birthed here hoodoo's to me it's one of the things that to be proud of like wow we did that right mm. uh 
all the rest of the shit is kind of a pain in the ass, but we did that. Yeah. You know. So, um, before we move too far from this, I actually want to ask you this. You've just triggered another question that I like, I want to ask, but like, before we get too far, uh, soft and sharp, tell the kids at home. Well, the kids at home, shop and shop. So sharp is going to be broken things, pins, needles, nails, bits of broken crockery, broken glass. This is to cut. This is to harm. This is to ward off. Uh, so you have to understand that there's kind of a, how do I want to put this? We all think that when we're doing something from a place of protectiveness or to be, or to be protective, that somehow that's not quite as nasty as if we're attacking. Mm -hmm. I'm just protecting myself. I'm not, I'm not attacking. And it's like, yeah, except you're still using the same kind of uh, dire component. In other words, it, how do I want to put this? I have a hedge of thorns around my house to protect my house. See, I'm not an asshole. I would be an asshole if I cut a vine of thorns off and went and smacked somebody in the face because they don't encounter the hedge of thorns around my house unless they try to climb over it and therefore the action of is on them on, on my defenses are passive it's like yeah i get it you're not completely wrong but you're still using fucking thorns okay so this idea of sharp is yeah i can use sharp to hurt you because I'm an asshole and I don't like you because, you know, you're sitting there with your, your wonderful chemical romance t-shirt and that just pisses me off for some reason. And so I'm, fuck Cooper. Okay. They're, or, de they're a divisive band. I accept. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. So, or I could just use it to protect my house. Right. Or I could use it to ward something. Don't touch that. It's sharp. Right. So, so sharp, uh, is going to be all of those different things. And again, the beauty of hoodoo is that it's, it's not this sort of, and this isn't to put this down. It's to say this to me is, is a nicer thing. I like this better. It doesn't have to be a, Oh, you have to go to somebody, a pin maker, and they have to make these pins out of silver and they have to make them when a Saturn is in this potato. It has to be on a Saturday and da, 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 da. And then we have to dedicate. It's like, no, I could use broken crockery. I could use a broken mirror. I could use pins. I could use needles. I could use nails. And there is a refinement in hoodoo of how that's going to, you know, a coffin nail is going to be the worst because this is sharp and it's already come out of a coffin. Very popular nowadays to simply call coffin nails any rusted square head nail. And it's okay. like, yeah, fair. Okay, I understand why we're doing that, but that's not really what coffin nail was. Coffin nail was nail out of coffin. All right. And therefore was thought to be poisonous. Uh, so it's a poisonous sharp. Uh, it's going to be a little different than a tack or a pin or a broken mirror is also going to be reflective. Mm. Okay. It's sharp, but it's also reflecting away. So it's warding in two ways. Sharp. Don't touch. Don't touch me. I'm sharp. And I repel. I, the image goes back. I'm not sure if that answered what you asked. I think it did. I mean, oh. we didn't, I don't know if we got to soft. So soft is soft. It's, okay, it's, easy. It's, it's, yeah, soft is soft. Soft is, oh, I'm. Let's say I'm binding together two effigies or two dolls for love. Well, I'm not going to use jute. I'm not going to use twine. I'm not oh. going to use rope. I'm going to use yarn, right? Mm. I'm going to use soft, right? 
uh, if sharp repels, soft is loving, soft is compelling, soft is warm, soft is, oh, look, the little kitten wants to get up in the blanket and stay there. So the, let me tell everybody that's listening. Here's the problem with this interview. Uh, you may not know this, but Cooper does these with on Zoom. And so I'm sitting here talking with my fucking hands and you'll never <laughs> see that. Uh, and so, sorry, kids, you are just going to miss out on that part. I'll try to keep, I'll try to use my words. I'll try to use my words. I mean, I can also try to do the baseball announcer thing of like, you know, right hand to top right corner, swooping down from the top of the screen, the hand. You know, Cooper, we've seen uh, Porterfield like this before. I think it was back in 82. I was really impressed <laughs> when he gave the lecture in Arlington, and I remember that day, uh, several people got in his way, got smacked in the face by his hand when he was making a really good point. Well, that's how you really strike the audience. That's how you impress upon them. I see. Yeah. The well, thing. it's definitely how you bloody a witch. So. Um, so you mentioned this idea that, like, it's not coming from a religious tradition. It's coming from a sorceress tradition. Yes. And I think this touches on, because I like, you know, I as a service to the community, I was like, does anyone have any questions for Charles Porterfield? Because I'm going to have him on the line. Um, and something that kind of came up was this idea that especially as like hoodoo has become more commercially available to a wide audience. So, like you don't go to your local hoodoo person, you go to, uh, you know, Lucky Mojo, you go to, um, which I know is not new, right? Like the idea of a hoodoo catalog is an old one. You know? Right, very old. Like I, there's an old publishing house, like a stone's throw from this very home where I'm sitting. Yeah. But like, um, but like as things become sort of, more product oriented rather than say service oriented mm -hmm. right like you buy a thing as opposed to hiring a person right um there there's been a perceived sense of this is secularizing things even further this is somehow like deep spiritualizing the act in some way do you feel like there is some essential spiritual characteristic that needs to be preserved for this to have any kind of efficacy and if so is that like the spirit of the worker the spirit of the materia the spirit of some kind of spirit catalog that needs to be invoked or is it all sort of the local stuff of like well if i'm gonna do the spell from say a deck of spells to do something i should go find the local like devil at the crossroads at my crossroads who is different from the devil at other crossroads to like get buy-in on this well uh thank you for not asking simple questions um so that's going to be a that's a very complex question it's going to have a lot of complex answers Hell to yeah. it, not not answer so first of all, I would like, uh, if I may, to have people think of this in terms of, you know, let's think of one, one of the traditional terms, root doctor, okay, root doctoring. So I would like you to think about this in terms for a moment, not exclusively and forever, right now, as a, a kind of medicine, all right? So if you were hit by a car, or, or broke your arm to such an extent that we saw the bone or had a heart attack or a stroke or, or whatever, I, I think almost everybody listening here would want to be under the supervision of a doctor. I think, you know, take my ass to a hospital, okay? I, you know, somebody shot me, take me to a hospital. I'm not going to walk that, oh, walk it off. Come on, walk it off, dear. You, you just got shot. Let's go get shot. Rub some dirt on it. Rub some dirt on it. Dirt and bourbon. Mix them together. It's fine. Uh, but... That being said, uh, most of us have medicine in our house. Most of us know, you know, oh, I have a headache. I'll take an aspirin or an Advil or, oh, you know, I'll put some, you know, uh, icy hot on my short, sore arm or, 
uh, oh, I'll do this or that, or, 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 and this is an important third category, I have prescribed medicine for me from the doctor, right? I can't necessarily buy that over the counter, but I do have it. I receive it. It's prescribed for me. That's going to be an important point I'm hopefully going to be able to touch on here. So, so too in hoodoo, there's go, there is, you got to understand the, the basis of a lot of hoodoo is best expressed by the, the phrase, uh, helping oneself to help oneself. So that creates a problem in the modern world. And the problem that creates in the modern world is that we have a lot of people who will swear up and down and side to side that their auntie or their mom or their grandmother, or because we'll come back to matriarchal uh, thing here in a minute was a hoodoo practitioner. Didn't take clients, didn't necessarily do a lot of different things, but, oh yeah, no, they were a hoodoo practitioner. And it's like, no, they weren't. In the sense that they were not publicly a, a, a practitioner. They, they had knowledge, absolutely. But, you know, your grandmother probably had a really good tea. Okay, your great-grandmother might have had a good solve to put on, you know, wounds or burns or sore muscles it would be a little weird to then boldly get up and say that your grandmother or mother was an expert herbalist. Like there's a people know how to do for themselves. My grandmother was, uh, sewed all sorts of clothes, uh, sewed clothes for my mother uh, and beautiful dresses and things like this. And she was very, very good at it, how to cut out a pattern, and how to get different cloth and how to pleat and the whole nine. Boy, that lady could run a goddamn sewing machine and a needle and thread. But I would never have said to you that my grandmother was a professional seamstress or was a fashion designer. She was using someone else's, you know, patterns that she would get from a call or whatever. Uh, but she, boy, she knew how to sew. Okay. Uh, lots of people. We live in an age now of specialization. Uh, most of us are a thing, right? Uh, as opposed to broad knowledge. And, you know, I live by that idea that specialization is for insects and plants. You know, humans should know how to do a whole bunch of different stuff. And that really enriches your life. But that is true here, meaning... People know how to do things. Listen, if I go to the hoodoo man or the hoodoo woman and they give me a, quote, prescription, they say, oh, here's your situation. Here's what you're going to do. Go back home and burn this and do this with this out of your kitchen, et cetera, et cetera. They've given me this prescription. That's why they get paid. And then I go do that. I now know how to do that. If I have that situation again, I don't necessarily need to go and pay the hoodoo man again. I can do the thing. If my friend has a situation and they're we're talking or having a beer or whatever, and they go, oh, I got this father, wife, and we'll fight all the time. And I go, oh, hey, listen, I went and saw, you know, Professor Porterfield years ago, and he told me exactly how to fix the situation. You do this. Now that's become like the aspirin. That's become like the mm -hmm. patent medicine. You know how to do that. So you don't necessarily have to go back to, to that person. So in terms of as it gets commodified, is there something spiritual missing from it? I'm not sure that I would say there's something spiritual missing from it, but I would say there's something highly functional missing from that. And what is missing is conjuration because you can sell product. You can sell materia, oil, uh, sachet powder, 
bath powder, uh, bath crystals, uh, incense, uh, tokens, charms, uh, amulets. But what you can't sell, you can't put it in a plastic bag and put a price tag on it, is conjuration. Conjuration has can be explained. You can say, do this in this way. And that may be a, a conjuration, right? At this hour, at this time, call and say this, right? To deal with the spirit and leave out this thing for the spirit. You're explaining it. And often the best prescription is that. Buy the thing from me, buy the materia from me, and then I give you the conjuration, okay? Uh, that's a good prescription base. And I would say that is getting lost. The other thing I would say is that in my lifetime, hoodoo has become extremely botanical. And there are a lot of people who have a tendency to see it almost as a kind of spiritual herbalism. Mm. And that's not incorrect, but it is flawed because there's less and less use of uh, zoological materia magica and mineral materia magica and common item materia magica and more and more and more and more botanical and that's that's fine i mean that's a thing that's not bad but when we lose the rest then that does become bad and now i hear people say things like uh Oh, you know, it's like the end of a movie. No animals were harmed in the production of this hoodoo. And it's like, oh, yeah, you know, they never hurt any animal any time. And I'm like, well, depends on what you mean by hurt. Like if you mean, you know, they didn't, you know, I don't know, cage up a rooster and just torment it for the shits and giggles. You're probably right. All right. But if you mean they didn't, you know, use a rooster leg or rooster feathers and they're probably the roosters probably not alive after that. Not a lot of little roosters out on little four-wheeled platforms with cups, you know, please help. Uh, you know, they they did. There, there is the use of, of zoological materia magica. Teeth, fur, feathers, body parts, hearts, blood, organs. Yeah, well, the heart would be an organ. Uh, get your shit together, professor. This guy is a professional interview, goddammit. Um, you know, things like that. And there's material. There's mineral uh, materia magica, whether that be alum, uh, which is a common thing. You, you know, you can get that, you know, for pickling at the store. Uh, really good for all the shut your mouth work, all the stop gossip, shut your mouth, quit talking about me, stop slandering me. Alum's very good for that because if you ever put alum in your mouth, you'll notice your mouth pukes you. You can't talk. Uh, but you could go to a so here's a here's a perfect example. You could go to a a a botanical instead. You could use a green persimmon to do that exact same thing. Except green persimmons are going to be regional and are going to be based on time, right? Can't mm. it's December right now. I couldn't get a green persimmon if my life depended on it. All right. So that's why you need to know that alum works. So, but salt, probably one of the most popular, you know, materia magicas in hoodoo. It's a mineral. It's not, it's not that's not, that's not a botanical. That's not a zoological, but uh, sulfur, that, that's, that's not botanical. That's not zoological. Um, the list goes on. 
yeah. uh, silver dust. I mean, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, so we, I think we do lose that. Mm. We so lose it, conjuration and we lose what is not simply botanical. So like, actually, I feel like one of the questions I want to ask you actually kind of combines those two, because I think part of that loss is that I think a lot of people don't understand the idea that when you have a botanical, you might want to like wake it up uh-huh. or you might want to, I don't know, um, elicit its complicity in what you are doing, right? It's one thing to sort of bring a guy over who's like supposedly a plumber and just like not say anything to him and just be like, the toilet will be fixed. I brought the plumber into my house. Yes. And there's another thing to be like, hey, plumber, would you like $10 to help fix my toilet? That's very, ch- I don't, it's going to cost more than that. But anyway, um, this is not a show about plumbing. It could be. That actually be. It could be. It could. Uh, I have had to do a lot of that. Uh, but how? Do, so how do you go about making the materia active? How do you go about developing a relationship with the materia in that moment? Like, are you? Because one of the like ethical questions, especially things like say like buying grave dirt, say, right? Is it feels like there's a lot more in the way of like actually making a deal with the stuff you're working with instead of forcing it to do things. Okay, so as a bridge between this question and the last question, let's quickly talk about the kitchen. Look, I think microwaves are fantastic, okay? I'm just not one of those people that's all like, oh, but you're putting radiation into them. I'm like, no, they're fucking great. I love them, okay? But it's not a toaster oven, okay? And there are times when there are certain things that, if I need the quickness of it, I, I got to eat it right now. Come on, I'm going out the door. That goes in the microwave. But if I wanted to sit down and enjoy, enjoy it, it's going to go in the toaster oven or, because it's going to make it nice and crisp or it's going to go under the broiler or whatever. Okay. That is not to say don't use microwaves. It's to say microwaves have a place. All right. So does freaking McDonald's. I, I don't think McDonald's is necessarily the healthiest thing for to eat. And I've eaten a shitload of fucking McDonald's and I'm going to probably eat a shitload more. Okay. But I'm not going to fool myself and go, well, I'm really healthy. I eat like McDonald's. No. Okay. So the idea here is when it comes to this kind of magic, there is a microwave way of doing this. Okay. If you just gather the materia magica, if you just literally to own the thing, to hold the thing. I'm just going to put it in a bag and I'm just going to carry it on me. You're going to get some benefit because the essential spirit and the essential nature of that materia magica continues to be what it is. All right. But it's not Sunday gravy made by your uh, your Sicilian grandmother. Okay. It's not a beautiful cake that you bake. It's not like we all know the difference, right? We all know the difference between even something that's not, even something that's kind of shitty, right? Even something that's kind of small and shitty. Like, I'm sorry, Titino's Pizza Rolls. Titino's is not a sponsor of a witch hassle or uh, then the views expressed by uh, Cooper William and Charles Porterfield did not reflect the opinions of the Totino's company. Uh, if you have Totino's Pizza Rolls and you cook them in the oven, they're better than if you put to, you know pizza rolls in the microwave. You know what I'm saying? But you can still eat the Tatino pizza rolls out of the microwave. They're still hot. You still get whatever dubious health benefit to your system of eating a pizza roll. All right. They're this full is of vitamin the, Q. They're vitamin great. Q. It, it satisfies your Q zone. Um, and so that's the same thing we're talking about here. You can literally just go and get this oil 
and put it on your wrists, put it behind your ears and get benefit from it. You can just buy this plant, this, this Materia Magica, the, uh, the, this rooster feather, this whatever, and, and have it and receive some benefit from it. But you're going to get far greater benefit from it if you engage in some conjuration. So your question is, how do we do that? So you already said the very first thing we would do is we would wake it up. What is the hell does that mean? We wake it up. Okay, well, I'll follow. Here we go. The thing you have to remember about hoodoo is that hoodoo is deceptive and complex because it's not. And so when you look at it, and it's something you see, you hear something like, wake it up, you go, you overthink it. You say, oh, wow, this is going to be some sort of thing I really have to do. And right, yeah, a certain, certain, I got to wear a certain thing. It's got to be a certain hour. And I'm like, this is not ceremonial magic, man. Okay. We, we're not in the OTO here. Okay. Not to put any of the OTO guys and gals down because they can be a little vicious and I don't want them coming at me. Uh, this is just a thing, right? You would literally take it in your hand, breathe over it and say to it wake up it's that so, easy it's that easy okay but it's not oh, because it's not that easy it's not that easy because in hoodoo it is not so much the process that is the complexity it is what the fuck do you do after the process meaning you mean it's just as simple as breathing on something and telling it to wake up? Yes, it is. Well, that's easy. No, it's fucking not, because now it's awake. Now what do you do? See? Now it's complex. So in other words, the process to wake it up, pretty simple. The action after that, pretty goddamn complex. What are you going to do now with some woken up mint? How do I communicate with it? How do I make a deal with it? What, 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 what's a good deal and a bad deal? Do I want to be in a closer relationship with mint? Where am I going to store the awoken mint versus the sleeping mint? Uh, how do I feel about putting awoken mint in food that's going to be commonly eaten by people? Is that a good thing or a bad? See, now we've gotten to the complexity. And by the way, the scope of this conversation is far beyond those answers that, that we, Cooper and I would have to sit here all day, um, which we're, I'm willing to do, but um, it does become, and again, we have prejudices, right? And that's why it's important to remember what we talked about at the beginning about Africa, about this, about the quote, no pun intended root of this is we have to get away from some of our cultural prejudices we have to get away from idea Faustian deals, you know. Oh yeah, this mint will work for me, but what is the mint going to ask for? My God, I'll have to sell my soul. To, I don't know anybody that's lost their soul to mint. Um, it'd be pretty fun. I don't know. It, it'd be weird. It, well, it would be fresh. There's it'd there's men, fresh. there's menthol where my heart should be. Exactly, it'd be a very fresh sort of soul loss. Um, that's fresh making. Um, but you know. That's where it gets complicated. The actions. What do we do after? Anybody can go the fucking crossroad. Anybody. Want to go to the crossroad? No problem. Uh, I'll, I'll, I, here, I'll help you right now. Here you go. Uh, Wednesday's a really good day. 
So Wednesday after midnight, so that's technically Thursday, but it's still Wednesday because you got to think about when solar midnight is. Uh, Wednesday in the middle of the dark, uh, early Saturday morning before the sun rises. You're going to want to go multiple days, three to seven. You're going to want to go to a place where there's it's a not very active crossroad, meaning it's not abandoned. People use it, but you don't want to use like, you know, uh, a major trucking route. Times Square. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad one uh, or a really good one uh, because Times Square, you're kind of invisible because it's so active. Mm. Okay. So Times Square actually, oh yeah, Times Square actually would be pretty good. Ooh, uh, there's a Patreon bonus. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> go to Times. God, the one reason I would ever go to Times Square. Uh, besides the, there's a subway station. Anyway, please keep going. But no, yeah, go to the crossroads by all means. Call and go there. Leave an offering. It could be fucking anything, and make a call and wait. You may have to go multiple days. You may be tested by seeing various animals that come that try to drive you away that you need to not necessarily touch or fight but not be driven away from and then eventually the quote-unquote black man or whoever that the hell is shows up and now good luck in other words this part was easy it's what comes next yeah right and there's complexity there if he shows on a horse and he dismounts his horse Never get on the horse. If you get on the horse, he'll change places with you. Almost like old Balkland vampiric lore. Like you now become the right. You're now trapped until you can get some other sucker to ride the horse. And now he. So then you got to ask, is it him or is it the horse? I don't know. Uh, Just that's where not it comes from when you're right. a kid. <laughs> but, don't, but don't necessarily limit horse to horse. Right. Like, if he shows up on a motorcycle, don't get on the motorcycle, right? Uh, Etc. So sometimes the action, the, the process is easy, but it's what comes after is deeply complex. So, like, with, say, like, Mint, as an example, mm -hmm. like, what is the sort of thing that Mint would ask for? Because, like, especially because, like, it's not like a living Mint plant a lot of the time. So you've got like kind of mint that you can't like water. It's got no use for water. It's got no use for sunlight. It presumably has no use for your soul. Maybe that I'm going too far saying that. So like, what is, what would it even want from you? So one of the most common things that a lot of spirits, not all spirits, again, we're talking in generalities. We're not talking in necessarily specifics. What a lot of spirits like is to be talked about. A lot of spirits like to be uh, promoted. Okay. Like we could even extend this into what we see with some kinds of saint work where mm. uh, you look in the newspaper. Thank you, St. Jude. Thank you, St. Expedite. That's part of a payment that person's making to that saint, right? You do for me and then I'll spread your name. And a lot of spirits, which I'm not necessarily saying saints are spirits. I'm using a parallel. Let's not, let's not, you know, whatever. Okay. Is they just want to be discussed. They want, they want to be promoted. They want to be spoken well of. They want their reputation increased. So that might be one thing it might want. Uh, sometimes they just like to be remembered and used. Uh, so the spirit, a lot of the spirits of certain words really want to be talked about. Uh, they don't necessarily want to be promoted so much as they want to be used. And they're willing, the spirit of the word Ruth is willing to aid you in your work. I say this from personal experience. This is not some sort of weird metaphor. Uh, the spirit of the word Ruth is willing to aid most people in its in your kind in work you would do that would relate to that. Just for you starting to use the word Ruth more 
and getting other people to start. So it lives again because right so, now only it's negative lives ruthless. Right. The unruth. Right. So wait, what is like, what is a working with the word? Cause would you use Ruth as part of like the contract? Like if you're doing say like a Bible quote or something, as part I would of the use working. Ruth. I would, let's say I, let, here's it. Here's, here's one of the places you might use Ruth. You might use Ruth in court case work for a client. So the court shows them mercy. Ruth. Mm. Because Ruth is merciful. Mm. Ruthless means to not have mercy. Ruth means to have mercy. So anything that you might do where you might want to invoke or have a greater aspect of mercy, you could use the word Ruth. And you would use the word Ruth in the conjuration, not of the word, but of the spell, of the trick. Let them show Ruth onto him and let blah, blah, blah. But I've already talked to Ruth to use it. Mm. Because everything has a spirit, including places, times, uh, uh, words, concepts, common items. Uh, and again, that's part of the problem we have to go back to our earlier thing. When the, like this just becomes a botanical process, everybody really gets into botanical spirits, and that's great because they live and they grow. And then they start thinking that lighters and hammers and cars and cell phones and shirt buttons and matches don't have spirits because they're man-made. And it's like, no, they've got spirits. Everything has a spirit. And spirits are akin to each other in families. So playing card guy, here, let me give you this one. Yeah. The deck. I have all, all the cards in my hand. The deck has a spirit. All right. Take a card out. Ace of clubs. Okay. It, the ace of clubs, has the spirit of aces. So it has a relationship with three other spirits in your deck. But it also has a relationship with clubs. It is a spirit of clubs as well. So it has a relationship with 10 total, well, 13 uh, other cards in your deck. Okay, so it's got spirit of aces, spirit of clubs, and it's a part of the spirit of the deck. So that's a lot, yeah. right? It's not just by itself. It's not just, oh, there's a deck and there's the deck and the deck has a spirit. And now I guess the ace is one fifty second of that spirit. It's like, no, it's its own thing as well. A box of matches has the spirit of a box of matches, and I can take an individual match out, and that individual match has the spirit of an individual match. We're building a body without organs here. So, yeah, we've been at this for three and a half hours, so I should probably close this out. But before we go, before we go, you want me um, to explain everything about playing cards to you? Yes. No, I mean I think that just has. I would, if you're open to doing this again sometime, <laughs> we'll just have to do it again. Of course, sometime. I'll be happy to come back. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, but before we go, um, you've had so many like nuggets of wisdom. It's weird to be like, do you have like a last thing you want to tell everybody? But it's like the form of the show, so I feel like I need to commit to the form. So like, sure. What's the is what's the last thing you want to leave people with before you before you head on out the door, or before I head out out the door? I mean, I came into your home. Let's say that I'm leaving. Don't give up. First of all, if you're listening to this podcast, you are probably involved with magic to some extent. Uh, I mean, you might have just come across it 
accidentally and gone, that sounds cool. It is a podcast. That's how kind of we look for podcasts. Oh, that sounds cool. I'll give that an hour of my life. But you're probably at least interested in magic. And if you're doing magic, you're daring. You're a rebel. You have dared to say there is something in material reality that is not the way you want it, either about society or yourself or your circumstance or your life. And you're daring to try and change it. So don't give up. There is a world designed to make you give up, one, and be quiet, two. Because they don't want you to give up and whine. They want you to give up and be good little workers and good little voters and good little do-what-we-tellers and don't give up. I know, oh, babies, I know things are so hard now. And I know it is so scary now. And there is nothing that I, they tell me I'm an elder, so I guess I got to take the fucking title. I don't like it. But there's nothing that I as an elder can do for you. You have to do it. Here's what I can do as an elder for you. I promise you I'll keep fighting. I promise I'll get between you and all the people that want to kill you. I promise that I will give you in the streets, in magic, and however we encounter that I will throw my old ass forward first to give you a little time and a little space and a little safety to try and change the world I know you can do. But you have to do it because guys like me don't have the ideas. We already did our changes. We think things are kind of okay. I mean, they're not. They totally suck. But we... We don't have the ideas. We don't have the freshness that you have. I'm never going to conceive of some of the new communities that you are. I'm never going to embrace and be able to understand the ways of interaction and the new formulas of freedom that you're going to come up with. You can't give up. We need you. I need you. You need you. Don't give up. Keep flying your flags. Up the rebels. Love it. Uh, if people want to get in touch with you, if they want to read the books, what should they do? Where should they go? If they want to book a reading, do you do you take students? So I take students in three ways. Uh, obviously, when I teach in public, I consider everybody in the class a student. And so you can pay to say, oh, he's going to teach whatever, whatever place. You can go over there, see it online or whatever, and take it. Secondly, I teach on mm, a limited basis for the same cost as my readings. You can book time with me and say, hey, will you teach me about this? You should probably try to contact me first because the answer might be no. You might say, hey, teach me how to curse and kill people. And I'll go, I don't fucking know you. I'm not, I'm not that money hungry, no. But you might say, hey, would you teach me how to read playing cards better? And I'd say, sure. My 30-minute reading is 30 minutes. It can be for a reading or teaching. My 60 minutes, it's the same. And then the last thing I do is I take on a very limited group of what I call legacy students. These are my personal students and you really don't want to be one. I'm a total fucking asshole. Uh, it's a huge pain in the ass and I would have to really know you for quite some time before I would take you as a legacy student. And you, honestly, you don't want to. Go ask all my students. They're like, oh God, that old man. Fuck, Jesus. Um, but that's they how keep I take coming students. back. Well, that's, you know, everybody's welcome to their wrong-headed opinion and a lot of people seem to think that I'm fucking wise or some shit and I'm like, Boy, are you fucking out of your mind. Uh, 
So uh, people can contact me. My email is uh, profporterfield at gmail.com. Also, uh, you can reach me uh, via my website, which is professorsofporterfield.com. Uh, and on my website, you can also book readings uh, and teaching session, all of that. And uh, my books, you can get all of them on Amazon. They're like nine bucks, I think. Uh, might be cheaper with Amazon Prime. Uh, and that's that's me. Hell yeah. Um, are you using Acuity on that website? What booking software are you using? I use Bookio. Bookio. How do you feel about it? I love it. I love okay. it. It, inter it integrates perfectly with the website. Uh, it's relatively cheap. It's like 15 bucks a month. It's not uh, bad. It lets you set up exactly how you want to set up for bookings or classes, uh, times off. It's easy to edit. It's got a, a front web platform that you can use as the user and then still have it integrated to your website as the place they book which you, that you don't have to tinker with. It has all sorts of fields that you can make available, like, oh, I want your email address, or I need your, like for all my clients, I need your phone number because I'm going to call you on the phone for our session. Yeah. Uh, so, but it already has it built in. I, I, I love it. I adore it. It's so easy to use and relatively inexpensive. Incredible. Do you ever do, or do you ever, like use, because I realize I feel like I should be asking these more sort of like brass tacks kind of questions, but like, in-person readings, did you get going, when you first started doing readings for people, was that always just like, come to my house? Was that meet me in the park? Was that you in clubs doing that? So when, so first when you start, this is true, I think for a lot of people, and it's it's my advice, first try to read for shops, yeah. uh, but, but try to get a good deal, okay? Um, you don't want a deal you're too upside down on, okay? And know that the shop is always going to take I mean, this is kind of like being a sex worker, okay? You want to get to a point where you are independent and don't have a pimp uh, or a madam, but maybe when you first start, you kind of have to, and the shop is that, and so the shop takes a cut, all right? And that's fine. That's not a bad thing. I'm not putting them down, but make sure that cut's fair, all right? Uh, and you'll know that for your own expenses and your own time, but I started reading in person. Uh, some of that was come to my house. Uh, then that became very quickly a please don't come to my fucking house uh, because I'm getting really worn out having to clean my house. Uh, because right. You're dragging all your shit in here. Um, in later years, uh, at one point, my grandchildren lived with us. My son and daughter-in-law and grandchildren lived here. And I'm like, no, no, you cannot come to my house with your, th with your shit. There are babies here. Uh, and then you inevitably have that wag who goes, oh, don't you trust your own protections? And it's like, yeah, I trust my protections 100%. And they are between the outside and the inside. Okay, Count Dracula, I let you in. All right. Uh, that's not going to work that way. And yeah, I can clean and spiritually clean afterwards, but it gets to be a drag. But yeah, yeah. shops. I and, and I still occasionally will read for a shop. If there's a shop that I really respect and like, and uh, I have a there's one in Nebraska. It's a fantastic place called Next Millennium. And occasionally, before COVID, they would say, hey, would you come up here and read for us for a weekend and be our in-shop reader? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Of course, I'd love to, you know, uh, as long as I'm not stepping on the toes of your normal readers. They still got to pay their bills. Right, uh, right. You know. But yeah, I would, I would, I started reading in person and then quickly went to, oh, I can do this over a phone. Cool. I'm going to do this over a phone. 
when you do it over the phone, do you do anything like, I don't know, like keeping the phone like under some kind of warding thing, like to keep that barrier? Or is the phone line enough, like a sufficient barrier that you feel like you don't need to like do? No, that's my fucked up work phone that I don't use for my regular phone, that it can get all cursed and fucking greebly as it wants. And then if I have to clean it or do whatever with it, that's fine. You know, that's going to be natural. And I do feel like there's an immediate connection because the connection of voice is intensely powerful. Mm. I think voice is uh, far more powerful as a form of communication than written word, uh, than anything else. When we are speaking in live time with each other, whether that's face-to-face or across the street or with a phone or like now with Zoom, our spirits are in connection with each other. We can hear each other. This is the basis of how we began to communicate as, as a creature, as an animal, as a species. The, the, the funny noises we make that we think mean things is, yeah. a, is an important is an important aspect yeah there's uh, just so much information that comes through with that that like trying to joke over text it's really hard it's really hard <laughs> really really hard you have to you have to you have to you have to write it like a play right uh sarcasm haha lol emojis this is this is he said Riley right this is like reading stage directions yeah so, and I don't have time for that it's also just hard to make those kinds of calls, like decisions, right? Because like I feel like sometimes I don't even know when I'm being sarcastic or like to what extent, like where the dial is. Or where, yeah, is it, let's turn it up to an 11. Not completely <laughs> sarcastic, just to like mostly. Just a little, a little flavor. Wouldn't be there. funny if it weren't a bit true. Um, so what I find funny is that like a lot of a lot of my friends and colleagues are, are younger than me. And they are of the generation of people that are like, oh, fuck, I cannot deal with phone calls please text and i am of a generation where oh i cannot deal with text please call and so we have to make accommodations to each other and so i have very good i have a very very good friend and he he will tell me i'm not up to talking and i'll be like, okay let's text are you okay for text yes yes absolutely so we'll text and then a little you know days or weeks or a month later i'll go i can't i cannot text and he'll be like oh no problem i'll give you a call uh we 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 flow with each other um, but I will say this, you should be careful who you talk to. Is it a connection? It is a, it is a connection. It is a mingling of spirits. Like there's a reason that even, uh, look, you, you understand this because of your background. Okay. Stop talking to the narcissist, right? Start giving the narcissist single word answers. Even when you're texting, no, yes. Stop engaging, right? Because when the narcissistic personality can get you to engage then that's how they start to play their games and when we talk to people who are trying to sever those relationships we have to tell them start communicating less and communicate fewer words until you can break because you can't and i'm primarily talking about abusive narcissists here right you're talking about like the like a personality disorder and like there's already like been problems from it's causing distress yes it's causing distress but you talking to them is how they wheedle you in right just give me five minutes to hear it from my side. And it's like, yeah, but your side is incredibly destructive and manipulative and designed to manipulate me. Right. And that's worse. Like this is the other thing I say, be careful who you have sex with. Like, again, listen, I came through the entire horror of the AIDS crisis, but that aside, you're also mingling your spirit. You know, you're also mingling your spirit with that person. That's also something I feel like with your books about 
you know, with Hoodoo, like, cause, especially because you're drawing from the, like, the old sources, it's not as sterilized, I feel like, as this stuff can sometimes come across. Like, the idea that, like, like semen might actually show up in the magic as a as a form yeah. of material or something like that. Like, I feel like no one, no one on like Angel Fire websites or GeoCities or TikTok <laughs> is talking about that. But like, that's the old, that's been there forever. Like, I oh, it's as old as the hills, absolutely. Yeah, it's as old and, as and, semen itself. And you've got to think about how you how how things are expressed, right? <laughs> like, it's super rare to be able to get a hold of tears, but if you can get a hold of tears, they're a very they're a very powerful. Uh, 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 a physical concern uh, or witness, we say witness, mm. because but you have to think about why the tear was shed, right? Oh. So semen is going to be a very you know it's it normally not you know somebody's not just going to go oh excuse me I've got to go over here and uh, ejaculate for a minute here yeah, it's, it's four o'clock right yeah. it's, it's the the emotional context is usually it's not like I always ejaculate at a funeral like it's it's going to yes, be exactly yeah, oh, I, oh I always ejaculate at weddings. Uh, yeah, no, it has a context to it that it has an energy, energy. But yeah, oh, semen. Oh my God, the things you can do against like, a guy like, with his semen. Like angry sex, sad sex, you know, shameful masturbating. I guess there is, there's a range. There is, there is a whole cornucopia. I should not be reducing this. There is. And one of the things I, so to come back to speaking together and sex, one of the things I tell people, all the clients and customers all the time is this. If you don't mean this, if this is not what you mean for your life, okay, do not say in the midst of sex the phrases like this. Uh, this is your pussy. Uh, this is your dick. Uh, oh, yeah, I own you. Do I own that pussy? Yes, you own that pussy. Don't, because now you've done that. You've been in this space where spirits are mingling. You're mingling your spirit with somebody else's spirit. You're energizing it by the sexual act. And now you're making a conjuration. Could you not take it back? You know, sort sure. of like, you know, yeah. get similarly energized and be like, I reclaim, I'm reclaiming. Yeah. My, yeah. My... Your partner is going to be weirded out by that. And they might not agree. Right. I mean, I mean you're going to have to talk about that beforehand. Do that at home, you know, when they're not yeah. around. But you know, you would need them again, wouldn't you? Would you? Oh, because you need because to. They own it now. Oh, good golly. You was... could do a cleansing. You could break it. But if you wanted to undo, undo it, like uh, uh, I, I want to take, as you said, take it back. You said, I want to take it back. If you want to take it back, you need them and you need to be in a similar space and you need to have the energy. And then <laughs> my pussy is my own. Yes, your pussy is your own. I love you. Right. Because. You could do that, but you could also do a cleansing or a, 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 you could break it in a, a numerous other ways without that person, without sex. But remember, you're doing a conjuration. Right. Think about what you say when you are volatile with emotion, whether that's joy or anger or sadness. The worst thing you can say when you're depressed and desperate and the tears are flowing is, I can't do this. And I'm not talking about some sort of neuro-linguistic programming bullshit here. And I'm not talking about some sort of positive attitude. Oh, well, if you just did more yoga and changed your diet, you wouldn't have depression. Kishimi Yiddisotoka, some of us have reasons to be depressed, okay, lady? I'm talking about your conjuring. You yeah. are literally in an energetic space and you're saying, I can't, I can, I will, this is, this isn't, etc." I speak with the authority of the cosmos in this yeah. moment. So stop it. Stop it. I mean, 
maybe say nothing or just feel your feelings. Again, I'm not telling you not to feel your feelings or express your agency. I'm telling you to have some care with a kind of conjuration. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Like, good God, Norman Vincent Peale fucking became a multimillionaire because he taught people to just say every day and in every way I'm getting better and better. And it fucking worked. Right. And everybody's like, oh, neural programming. Oh, positive attitude and miss the fucking point in my book. In my book, it's like, yeah, okay. Norman's appeal came in and taught you how to do some simple conjuration and whoo, what a shocker. It worked, but now you have to go someplace else with it. I think on that note, that's a great, yeah. The magic, the magic is there. The magic yeah. of speech. The magic of speech. You're, which we it, have done. Which we have done as we have spoken together, as we have right. not exactly sworn together, but like, you know, we've kind of jurayed a bit here and yeah, there. I believe, I believe this has been conjuration. We're, yeah, we're, I believe we're, we've come into an agreement together. Yeah. Yeah. We're finding consensus. Yes. And therefore which is, we're conjuring. Yeah. Which is why forming a union or just making friends. It's a kind of conjuration. Um, it is. So thank you so much for being on and please thank you so much come back sometime you. and we'll do another four hour episode. I'm incredibly honored to, that you even asked me to be here. Seriously. Oh, no, no. I listened, when, posh. I listened to a lot of the other shows after you asked me and was like, holy shit. A lot of these people are my friends. God damn. How did I, how did I miss this? How did I not know this was going on? So I um, thank you so much for it. it. It's which hassles a lot of people's dirty little secret. And I appreciate that. There's there's the marking. There's what you yeah. There's there. You just need you need more sound. But which asshole will be delivered discreetly to your house in a plain paper package? Others need not know. Which asshole will not cure eczema? Which asshole is not responsible for spontaneous human combustion while listening to which asshole? Let's just sort of like you know like what happens when magicians get on a program? They they answer some questions with the presumption no one will ever listen to this. What kind of candid answers will they give? They're like, yeah, yeah, you and your mom are going to hear me. Fine, whatever. I used to be a DJ. I got over nobody listening a long ages ago. Well, you were like a night DJ, right? Like, I was. You're taught. You're always talking to a mythologized fucking person in the night that you're imagining, right? Because, just a lot you know, of long haul truckers. You just don't know. You don't. You never know. But you. But you get over the idea because if you don't, you get weird. Yeah. If you think no one's listening, you get weird. You start you get in trouble with the FCC because you're like, nobody's fucking listening. I can say whatever I like. Oh no, you cannot. It's called accountability. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Every, every person on in radio land is your accountability buddy uh, for not getting fined. Um, Though I feel like when I used to do a radio show, it's really funny because it was like this, because you know, like it's, it's different when it's alive. And I remember this, like, because it was a weird little radio station. I remember like someone just like texting me in the middle of a show being like, something's wrong with the sound. And like, that's the only way I knew. Just, right. but it's also like someone's listening to this yeah my my favorite part about that because we would get phone calls right uh, you know oh there's something wrong with the whatever and my attitude about that is and i'm supposed to do the fuck what i mean no offense i feel like i'm the guy from tiktok i can't remember his name who's always the you know uh the guy who talks about uh, working in the service industry yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah. i can't believe you're working here dink, 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 dink. i can't believe you're fucking here. like that was me on the phone with him. oh there's something wrong with the sound and i'm supposed to do what about that like it's 3 a.m. I'm on my fifth pot of coffee and my second pack of smokes, and I'm not an engineer. I'm a DJ. Okay. <laughs> like, the engineer works the day shift. Day shift. This is not my problem that you can't hear me in your pickup truck, buddy. 
uh, okay, tie a goddamn coat hanger to the outside of that thing and give it another go. I, I saw an ad recently. Uh, the guy from those TikToks is apparently going to be in the new movie about a bear that eats a lot of cocaine. Yes, Cocaine Bear. Yes, he and, is in Cocaine Bear. And like watching it, I was sort of like, this movie looks terrible, but like he's getting work. So that's what's important. We're this, seeing the, the transformation. That movie looks so terrible that I have to see it mm. is how terrible that movie looks to me. I and just... I love the based on a true story. I'm like, is it really? Son of a bitch. It, there was a there was a bear that got into all this fucking cocaine that was dropped. Son, that... he, he just didn't go on a mad killing spree. But still, I'm like, oh, God, it's not just like, you know, based on a true story, a guy in a bar, bar once told me something that happened to his sister. Like, no, there are news articles. Son of a bitch. So, cocaine bear. Cocaine bear. I thought it was based on that meme of just a bear covered in snow. That's like the bear loves cocaine or something. OK, so that's. You know, more exciting. Apparently, things. there was some sort of drug drop that you know. Oh, we want the feds to not find. Dump it here. Fuck it. We'll come back later. And bear. <laughs> By the way, ladies and gentlemen, if that makes it into the cut, that's my bear impersonation. Uh, that's also oh. free. Cooper oh, got no. that for you. Oh yeah, no, that's making it in the cut. The end oh, yeah. always in, shows up in the cut. Yeah. In fact, in fact, that's going to be the lead in. Oh like yeah. When you first start it, it's just going to be. <laughs> that's my bear impersonation and then it's just gonna be cooper going ladies and gentlemen today with us it's going to be like that i'll tell them welcome to witch hassle i'm sorry you had to hear that here it is again and now here we're doing it in reverse and now we're doing it here's some beats under the here's bear sound. sped up did you ever yeah. wonder what he would sound like if he was a chipmunk it's like this small bear little bear, little bear. uh oh that's boo boo incredible gosh i feel like it's yogi People know about Yogi, right? Yeah, people still know about Yogi. People got to know about Yogi. Come they on. made movies. They made movies in the last couple. He did. Of years. He had a flying arc. Had a flying arc. That's very fun. Um, right. Those are the movies that T.J. Miller was in before he became terrible, uh, or became he known for being terrible. Known because, for being terrible because the exactly. crimes actually extended back into the into the past. Right. I'm getting a sidetrack. This has been great. Thank you for being on. Thank you for having me. Door is always open. Thank you. Just come say hey sometime. I can't wait to hear how this edits out. <laughs> oh, He's I'm a not genius, a... folks. He can make me sound reasonable. Oh, I'm not uh, editing this one. This one's going straight <laughs> in. It just fuck. Hey, it's four fucking hours. Fucking listen to it. I, I, I've, I've, I've been listening as we've been talking because that's how you have a conversation. And like, there's not a lot of ums out here. So I think I'm just going to throw it just like straight into the, into the wind. <laughs> Ron, uncut. Yeah. Oh, this... Lord. Yeah, well, but... thank you. Seriously. I mean, on, I, 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 I am being honest. It, it, it is an honor. Thank you. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you so much to Professor Porterfield. I will have links in the show notes to where you can learn more about him and avail yourself of his wonderful services. I'm also going to have a link in the show notes, something that kind of got mentioned obliquely in the conversation magical resources put together to further the cause of revolution. And there was a pamphlet that a bunch of magical workers contributed to in support of, I mean, I think this was 2020, so it must've been the George Floyd protests. But I found the pamphlet, so I will have a link to the pamphlet as well. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Witch Hassle. As always, our theme music was performed by Sebastian Beifestam and recorded by Edfit Lee. Good luck with the work ahead. <laughs>